Welcome to Shores of Ignorance. Welcome back. <laughs> this is Michael Vaklov. Matt McCloskey. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, it was fun. Last week we had uh, David Ramirez on. And, uh-huh. uh, it was great to have him on. And, uh, it was. You guys uh, have been friends for a long time, which is really cool. To yeah, yeah. Here y'all talk about stuff again. So. Yeah, I want to say I'm surprised, but I'm I'm not surprised by how transparent mm-hmm. and open he was, um, yeah. even in talking about some of the more difficult parts of his life, yeah. which was great. And I'm, I'm not surprised because he's always been that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it was just a real, it was a pleasure. It's a great conversation to have. Yeah. I thought the part where he was talking about uh, his relationships and stuff that, uh, how it was really all about him and how that's kind of changed for him over the years. And yeah, uh, that's, um, that seemed really, uh, uh, kind of a hard thing to, to learn too. Yeah. I think that specifically was what I was so mm-hmm. surprised that he was so open about. Yeah. No, I agree. So, uh, yeah. So David, thanks for coming on. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. But today on, we, uh, on shores of ignorance, that's us. <laughs> <laughs> we got, uh, uh, Mark Stoney. So Mark Stoney is a musician, uh, from Sheffield and, uh, I've known him for, golly, I don't know, <clears throat> 10 years. 2006 what is today 18 probably about 10 years yeah mm-hmm. yeah i used to beat his ass on uh, darts all the time and uh <laughs> we talked before the show i heard yeah. that was, was yeah. definitely not true it's okay he just cries it's not a big deal <laughs> yeah and I, i've actually known mark for probably going on five years mm-hmm. uh we've only hung out a couple of times but man i'm glad you're here yeah, I, I guess you just realized a second ago that you guys had actually played a show together. That's so right, we did. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> now, Mark's Mark's had a, an amazing uh, a career of just absolute craziness all the time, and uh, uh, I don't know if we'll get into all of his story, uh, probably different parts and pieces, but uh, uh, he's definitely someone who has come up against different challenges through his life, and uh, keep seeing him step up and keep fighting. It must be like that British sort of like, I don't know, bulldog. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Yeah. I don't know what you're thinking of with that analogy. I don't know. I, I British like, bulldog. Is that a thing? Know. Well, if to ask I me. think of like a Royster Doyster or something like that. I don't what know. are you talking about? <laughs> well, I, it's inside. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah. So, uh, Mark Stoney, his band, uh, or he's, he's, I guess, self, self, uh, self, what is it called? Self, uh, Proclaimed, self-proclaimed, titled, st- title. There you go. Self-titled. Uh, Stony, and uh, uh, he's had a, a, a few records, and uh, uh, we're gonna kind of get into it. I think he should be self-proclaimed. Stony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody always asks me, is that his, is that his real name, or is that like no, no, that's his, his yeah, his no, name. Mark Stony. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, oh, go ahead. oh, I was gonna say the other thing that I don't think we've ever announced, and some people have told me they didn't know, is mm-hmm. that when we do this, these intros and talk about who we're bringing on and what we want to talk about and things like that, yeah. we always have our guests sitting here with <laughs> <Yeah>. us. <laughs> you can hear Mark chuckling. Yeah. I wasn't sure at what point I'd stop pretending <laughs> I wasn't here. You're, you're I wanted to, to jump here. in, but <laughs> exactly. Um, um, and we do that because we don't really tell our guests a lot about what we want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Often we don't know a lot about what we want to talk about, but, yeah. uh, we do this as a way to just sort of like prime the gears. Totally. Um, so I wanted to let our listeners know that. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah I think a couple of things uh, I know we kind of wanted to get into is just, uh, fatherhood. I think that's kind of a theme that we've been kind of, uh, uh, looking at over the last, uh, few episodes and yeah um also just uh i know mark's had a, a really cool story with um aa and drinking and 
and I think he's got some really uh, fun things to kind of maybe explore within that area too. And uh, I think one of your questions was, is, uh, is, is it different from the, the UK version and the US version and, uh, um, of, of how people interact and stuff? And, oh, um, NAA. NAA, yeah. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah. So uh, is there anything else, anything you can think of you want to jump into? Or? No, let's, let's, just let's do it. go. All right. Sounds okay. good. All right. Shores of Ignorance, and we'll be back with Mark Stone. It's like a fleeting memory. Whatever you, Whatever you grab just turns to dust. dust. Like eye contact with a stranger, stranger around the corner. It's a dream that you get to the real. Passing over the songs. Glimmer, glimmer, shift the ship in the sea. I think you saw it, saw it. You get to clap again, though. Oh, good. Yeah. I love it. Are we? Did you start a new video? I'm about to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we already on. <laughs> I love it. Cool. <laughs> so excited. I watched the I watched the YouTube uh, video about that. <laughs> about how to sync up audio and video. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You can talk officially now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Great. <laughs> yeah. So we're here with Mark Stoney. Hi. Hi. <laughs> He flew over just for this interview right here. So That's right. Awesome. Things have really blown up on our podcast. Yeah, exactly. I'll send you the invoice. <laughs> yeah, it's about that. <laughs> no, you're you're actually here uh, for something that sounds. Uh, how do I get into that? Um, you're here for a good friend's memorial. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Seth Gibbs, who um, was my neighbor and a bandmate when I lived in Austin, met him first time I came to Austin in 2006 by chance. Uh, we really hit it off and we played together for many years and he was a, he was a very close friend of mine, a very dear man. And um, we played together in uh, a band called Bobby Jealousy and uh, we were firm friends and kind of like brothers really ever, ever since we met. and. Um, Sadly, he passed away very recently on a very aggressive stomach cancer, which went down very quickly indeed. And um, so I'd seen him just a couple of months, no, just a month and a half ago, and he just found out he was sick. And uh, he passed uh, while I was back in Sheffield, and um, his brother asked me uh, to um, play a memorial show. He wanted a show rather than a funeral. Yeah, so, which was really, really cool. That is so really it cool. Was, um, I mean, That's really... what we did. We put on a party as a celebration of of life, and the the dude had written hundreds and hundreds of songs, literally. <laughs> um, and uh, so we all gave it our best shot at sort of picking our favourite ones and playing them. So it That's was really cool. Really, yeah. a sad occasion. Yeah, yeah, very sad. But it's it's one of those. Um, I, to be honest, for me, it's it's. Uh, it's it's a new experience grief mm. you know for I, I mean i've lost people um but grandparents whose time was you know had had a good innings and yeah. uh school friends <coughs> who perhaps i hadn't seen for a while but but it's different in terms of someone who um occupy occupied such a large part of my of my heart was um and and did for so many people here he was uh you know a very he had a big impact i think on a lot of people in his in his short time and um so for me this balancing that feeling of real gratitude and having felt very lucky to 
uh, have known him with like a real searing loss and it's still very very surreal you know it's very yeah. surreal it sort of comes in waves and you doesn't quite seem real but um the loss of a close friend is a much different experience than even losing a family member it feels very different yeah yeah um i i, I guess so and uh but i i mean especially with you know uh, but but with his family as well i was you know he was a actual brother to <laughs> you know right. um and son and you know so I, I can't really imagine it but um uh, a wonderful man so uh i when his brother asked me to come over and be part of it i was uh didn't hesitate it was a it was an honor and and helpful for me as well to be around people who knew and loved him and um as part of the healing process with that i think because you know yeah back at home there was I mean, he'd met people over there who knew him but uh you know not so obviously so much part of the community so if you you want to try and right. process it with people you know no so to be around other people who were feeling the sense of loss and you said you, he wanted person. to have a, a show instead of of like a more sort of traditional yeah i guess so general. yeah that's what um that's what was uh what his his brother had said so um, i'm sure you know they might have had a private affair for him but right. um overall that's uh that's what um, he wanted, and I thought that was very fitting. Mm. <laughs> it was always a, a party for uh, any occasion. <laughs> so, yeah. It was such a great way to gather together, you know, as a musician for him to, to bring people that he was close to in his life together to do the thing that united them. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And uh, it's, it's one of those things, well, the musician... Um, that he was songwriter that he was you know so many bands in austin that and beyond that um he was such a big part of so many records that he'd made that wouldn't exist otherwise so it kind of feels like that that life of his goes on and continues to to uh uh, uh sort of sprout new weird blooms every uh you know for for years to come and he's a lot of his material hasn't been released because he was more a champion of others, but I think it will be. And, I remember uh, you telling me, like, just the different stories. Uh, I mean, I knew Seth a little bit, but I yeah. remember you kind of telling me, oh, he's helping out with this band or this people, or he's got yeah. 10 people sleeping on his couch. Or, like, yeah, there's yeah. always some, you know, it's like he always was giving a lot of himself to other people. Yeah, almost, like, yeah, almost infuriatingly. <laughs> so it was like, dude, do something with your own stuff, you uh, know, but, uh, but he. Uh, that's so fair. I remember did. even saying that back in the day, too. Yeah. It's like he, he was just very talented, and you were kind of wanting him to kind of do stuff, too. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think he will now. Yeah. <laughs> It'll exactly. come out. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay. Well, you, you mentioned, uh, uh, you. Uh, I don't know how you said this, but that. Uh, you feel like you experienced grief differently this time or is this like a time that you felt grief more? Well, I think it's probably my first experience in terms of this kind of grief. I mean, there's yeah. grief, I think, with every kind of change. Oh, yeah. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, this was, this was a weird one. I'm, I'm generally quite reserved. Like, I haven't cried for about 10 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I cry about once a decade. Yeah. Um, and... And this one, this one did it. For, it was, <laughs> it was uh, uh, 
a, a short little burst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I sounded like a foghorn, and I was very aware of my neighbours, and it just <laughs> yeah. it, it, it it was a big snot bubble came out, and I was like, oh, well, I've not had that experience mm. before. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's still I'm I'm still processing it, really, still still um, wrestling with it, but um, yeah. It's inevitable, an inevitable thing, I yeah. guess. I guess I'm quite lucky that 38 years in, I've, you know, not really totally. encountered this with with death at mm-hmm. least. So, yeah, because yeah. I remember you, you lost your grand your grandfather. You were really close with. Was yeah, the, yeah, was... yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, he was he was in his 80s, and yeah. and, and and it didn't feel too soon. Yeah, <laughs> right. you know, yeah. something about losing somebody. At not you know at a young age yeah really affects you I I lost yeah. a really good uh, friend and a bandmate actually when we were about twenty two mm. very unexpectedly and that experience is still like seared in my memory it's so yeah. so strange and feels so unfair and I think when it's a kindred but you know a peer or a, and a, where it could be like you know any any one of us <laughs> you know yeah. and um, that it's that it 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 sort of uh, holds up a bit of a it it hits home more because it, you know it's 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 closer to home it's you know someone who's the same age as you who who does the same thing that mm-hmm. you do yeah <laughs> has the similar dreams and you've you've journeyed together and I think with bandmates especially there's a a unique kind of bond there that happens um, that where band does become a bit like family yeah. and and you you go through some very vulnerable times together that that puts your friendship quite often on a on a sort of different level um it was for me anyway yeah that's and, true um, something about sharing the vulnerability vulnerability with somebody the vulnerability of creating and then performing yeah. music together yeah creates a bond unlike any i've ever, ever, yeah. ever had i think and I think Seth and I wrestled some similar demons as well, and we we you know talk about that. We had we had that sort of similar thing. So it felt, I mean, to me, um, he was someone who who deeply inspired me and and changed my life. And I journeyed with through some through some pretty messed up stuff, <laughs> and some really great times yeah. as well. So. Um, it's and and that I'm incredibly thankful for. Mm. Um, and but you do certainly feel feel a void there, even though we'd not, you know, uh, I'd moved back to the UK in 2014, so we'd only see each other maybe once or twice a year for the last few years. But um, uh, but it was still uh, such an impact. So. Really yeah, that's why I'm back anyway. <laughs> yeah. I didn't intend to actually pay, to kick it off straight no, there, but I um, pay tribute. I'm sorry for your loss. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think uh thank you. Yes. Uh, thoughts were with all those close to him and uh, yeah, it's a strange one. Mm-hmm. It's awesome that you came came in for it though. I think that's yeah. cool. Yeah, I'm glad I was able to. And I'm super grateful I got to hang with him, which a lot of people didn't even know he was sick, who, yeah. who loved him, you know, and um, he'd just found out. And um, the music, he was he was working, just finishing as much music as he could in his, uh, you know, 
while while he could and um it was some real super cool honest vulnerable mm-hmm. heartbreaking still funny at yeah. times stuff and um is that stuff going to be put out yeah i i i'd imagine so so i think um his brother jimmy who's who plays in bands and uh and ran studio sweetheart studio here in austin with him is I think they've got a task of going through, you know, his computer hard drives and putting them together. Something like 500 songs, but then the new ones, yeah, that were recorded as well, you know. Not all of them great, I'm sure, but a lot of them were. (laughs) That's just a lot of... It was a huge amount. A lot of... Yeah. I mean, that's prolific. Yeah, it's more than I do in four or five lifetimes, you know, as a songwriter. (laughs) So fair play to him. (laughs) Yeah, I'm looking forward to that properly coming out. I would. I didn't know much of his music. I knew a little bit of the project. Y'all had a project together called yeah, Bobby, Jealousy. Bobby Jealousy. I yeah. knew a little bit of that, um, but not much of his other work. Uh, but it sounds, listening to the stuff that he wrote after knowing he was sick before he died, that mm. sounds to me like something I would really like to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I almost hesitate to say that, but there must be something so raw and honest in that i mean how could it not yeah absolutely and there was somewhere he'd become uh, uh, i've heard some of them well first off he was <laughs> when, when he sat down and he played me the um he had this song called uh i think it was called the the way you made me and it was absolutely gorgeous but his voice sounded absolutely beautiful on mm-hmm. it and seth was an astonishing multi-instrumentalist he wasn't necessarily the strongest vocalist but he was he was good but this it sounded like really really great and i was like seth your voice sounds amazing he said that's the lung cancer for you it gives it this kind of airy wispy quality that i've always wanted like this and it was kind of like this gallows humor we're talking about making a plug-in a a lung cancer plug-in that you can (laughs) so you know he was always into the inappropriate um inappropriate comments but and and he liked the awkwardness but there's a couple that he was too sick to sing. Mm. And um, so I think a, a, a singer called uh, Jenny Carson and then Sabrina Ellis had, had sung, a, picked up a couple. Mm. And so um, they were really beautiful. I, I don't actually know how far he got with it, but the ones yeah. I've heard were definitely among my favourites of his. Mm. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing him too. And I think uh, I think those who were around him and, you know, in the bands with him and... His brother will do a, a grand job of making sure the world hears them. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, um, yeah, so uh, as far as today, you're, uh, you've been working on some music and you still kind of got to perform again. I'm still making noises, you're yeah. making noises, all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a, a, long, a long journey with that. Yeah. Um, so I'm... 38 now are we all about that 41 41 oh, thir- 36 36 yeah you're the gotcha. middle middle child oh, middle, middle child, child. <laughs> yeah um yeah we were talking before the show and it sounds like you and i both kind of had some life stuff and, and a little bit of a gap in our yeah musical output yeah yeah you I've, feel like that's closing up for you like you're um i, th- I think again? there's a there's a change coming about uh, a re-evaluation um i've been I guess making music professionally since, uh, well, I've been m- making music since my teens, but um, 
signed my first record deal in my early 20s. Um, so, yeah, that would be what, uh, 16, 17 years and kind of bridging the gap between, well, when I first started doing it, I first signed a record deal with Island Records and Universal Records and um, in my early 20s when they were very much the gatekeepers of you know, to make a record, you have to have a record deal and to get it heard, you have to be played on the radio. And obviously that's right. changed a lot right, right. <laughs> now. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, thankfully, I, I think, thankfully, I think, I yeah, I was really you scared know. of it back when that all first started changing, but I feel like we, we get so much more good music now than that's we used to. That's true. Yeah. And just cause I was, uh, the, the, just the thing, I mean, I was, I was signed to these labels, but I never released anything under them. So it was as a common story that, um, you know, a lot of, uh, near misses and then i sort of became a bit myspace famous <laughs> really yeah. oh, MySpace. <laughs> i haven't heard the word myspace in a very long time i know right i'm still stuck there i know <laughs> i've got ten thousand friends or whatever that i need to a, a top eight i need to maintain <laughs> oh that's but, right um, they made us rank our friends i forgot right. about remember that. that yeah i still do do you, do you really <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mentally, you keep a piece of paper now. I do, yeah. <laughs> All the MySpace. Stuff. Tom's not in it anymore. Uh, <laughs> My poor <favorite>. Tom. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I, I went through a whole journey with that and some fairly big opportunities, and um, but but released very little music <laughs> as a result of a sort of I wouldn't say being well. It's just the way it was. Um, uh, made a lot of records but didn't get to release all of them um and i think i became sort of well known in the industry but never got beyond <laughs> beyond that right. in terms of you know releasing whatever uh, happened stuff. to all that music you made did you ever release it or does it just is it sitting yeah, on a shelf a lot it, i had to re-record some sitting on a shelf um but there was a lot of just you know records that i I'd, I'd had like the I had a record that eventually came out, The Seen and the Unseen, my first sort of uh, one that made an impact um, in the UK and a little beyond here in places too. Um, but that was a record that had been uh, really sort of finished two or three years earlier, but there was a lot of, it was going to be released by this label, then this label, then I had to re-record it because part of it being funded by this a lot of you know mm. kind of um false starts and uh being flown over from place to place so eventually when the record did come out um it was just uh it, it was just delays basically yeah mm. and it came out independently on my own because you know mm. everything else had kind of fallen through um so as a result my my output was limited but um yeah toured toured a toured a bunch um had some good champions along the way and been very fortunate that at times i've made a living <laughs> you know um and so yeah now and these days I, I still make that this was all under the name stony which is my last name um but since in the digital age lots of other stonies have popped up oh really <laughs> yeah That's most weird. of them like west coast rappers so you go on spotify oh, wow. and you know my last singles you know something about ganja and and guns and things like that and <laughs> the algorithms get confused uh -huh. and that's you know, funny hip-hop star is supposed to be playing the, the Greystones in sheffield the notorious folk venue <laughs> 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 and i'm doing a freestyle battle in philadelphia uh -huh. or wherever it is so that's awesome um 
So it's 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 got a bit. Confused. Imagining you do a free, doing a freestyle battle is. I just want to sit and think about that for a minute. I've seen him lay down the lyrics before. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think so, that's what the kids say, right? Lay down the lyrics. <laughs> yeah. When, I, when it came out of my mouth, I was like, "Damn, I'm spitting." Know, it sounded pretty spitting cool. Flows. Yeah. Uh, Yo, dude. Yo, dude. <laughs> yeah. So Drop it's. I'm still making noises, but um, a lot of it's been in recent years uh, writing for for and with younger prettier people and some of it's um producing um and i'm probably i'm the i bet i have been working on new material but it'll probably be under a different project name um just because i as a a sort of a sign of the evolution that i've been going through and the fact that mm. i've run stony through the mud <laughs> i've run that name <laughs> through the mud and um and uh, a change of kind of the new material feels a bit different to past material. Mm. So um, I'm looking for to maybe put out put it out under a different different project name. Do you feel like you you ran the stony name through the mud musically or <laughs> both reputation yeah. wise? <laughs> both. Yeah. <laughs> Some venues won't have me. <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> maybe it's been enough time has passed. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, still still doing it, but it's slow. It's slow progress with me now. Yeah. So like as, <laughs> as through the years, I mean, you've kind of you know you, you had the excitement of the of the labels, and then some of the ups and downs with actually mm -hmm. getting the music out there. And I know like you know warehouse fires and oh yeah yeah <laughs> and uh, all that kind of stuff. Like how wait you, is that a real thing? Yeah, Where, a, a warehouse fire? A warehouse? Wait, the guy burned down his warehouse or something like that? Uh, for legal reasons, yeah. I don't know what happened, but ah, yeah, there was exactly. lots of stock that that yeah disappeared at oh, times. Wow. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> well, carry on then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just I, I guess for you, I mean, it seems like you know the last few years too, like uh, with. Um, there's been a lot of kind of realization for you and kind of like, you know, with music and also drinking and, and stuff mm. like that. That's kind of like, it seems like there's been some things that have kind of come together for you in some, in some ways that like as an artist, how did you, can you look back and see that progression or some of the things that kind of like really impacted you through that? Yeah. I, I'm trying to think if I, if I understand what I'm, what you're saying in terms of one thing I will say, cause I listened to your, I listened to, um, the, the podcast with David last week. And mm -hmm. one of the things he talked about was, he said a couple of times was his, uh, songwriter is, is his identity. Oh, and, mm -hmm. um, that's what he does. It's his identity. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think, uh, it's an interesting thing when, when you're releasing under your own name, like David is, and, and you were saying how, how honest he, he is in his and transparent he is in his lyrics and, and his songs. And I agree and where, and where he's at. Um, and for me, there's been this sort of, I, I agree with that, this, this identity, but for me, it can be in quite, it has been in the past in quite a, a negative way, perhaps, mm. um, in the, my identity is so wrapped up in this songwriter, musician, a, a lot of the things that happen in my life or places that I'm accepted to, I think are because, you know, I, I make these noises, mm -hmm. or, you know, or I, um, and I think deep, deep down there in there somewhere, there was, you know, it's your sense of self-worth is really tied in 
to <laughs> to be in this character. Yeah. Um, which is me, mm-hmm. and is you know, I too sing about what I know, um, and um, but there's there's a point now where where I am in my life. I'm like, well, who am I outside of that? And you know, am I lovable without that? Am I um, still accepted without being you know Stony the musician yeah. or or whatever? So. Um, so I think that's partly the, the where I'm at now, um, where it's not uh, where I can stand outside of that for the first time. Um, there's a lot of new things at this stage of my life. Uh, like, like you, I was, I was married for uh, a long, long time. I'd never been alone really until I was, you know, mid thirties. A lot of the reasons why I needed sort of affirmation from audiences or stuff like this isn't quite there anymore as I've 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 grown and so I, I'm I'm thinking I stand up on stage and question why I'm doing it <laughs> you know because yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not it's not um, stroking the ego in the way that I needed it to <laughs> once you, you know. don't need it as much as you used to yeah but it was incredibly useful yeah. <laughs> that I did need yeah. it you yeah. know so. Um, I'm kind of in a bit of a wrestling point with the with making music and and who it is that I am. When and, you um, when you play a show now and you you feel part of that need not being there anymore, does something else come and take its place? At first, um, absolutely terrified nerves, and mm. I, I have, and it's nothing that's mentioned. You know, I, I've. Um, I've been three and a half years sober now. Um, yeah. And there's a reprogramming that needs to happen in terms of confidence and things like that and standing up on stage mm-hmm. and actually being present rather than, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, having a bit of Dutch courage in you. you got to replace the confidence with, with, from somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. And um, I'm, I, I'm not sure I've, I've mastered that yet, actually. Yeah. That's a... Uh, I think there's a big questioning going on, but I'm, I'm hopeful that on the other side is something that's uh, a little more, uh, hopefully got a little more substance. Is that learning process or reprogramming pro- process, has that been enjoyable? Um, enjoyable. I have good things and bad things about it. Sure. Um, I mean... In terms of, I mean, a, a lot of this comes from, I mean, shall we, we could talk about the sobriety element of it, if that's, yeah, that's yeah. if that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason, I see, see this, I, I get all hot and flushed <laughs> when I start talking. Um, I mean, we're kind of drilling you here. <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> well, I brought it on myself, didn't yeah, I? You know, really. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we, maybe we could just pause on that, that one mm-hmm topic there for a minute and the reason yeah. i ask is i can imagine well as i get older i don't find that i learn through how, how do i phrase this I, I don't learn through great difficulty very many things anymore mm. and i think when you're young 
it's just you're, all of your life is about learning new mm. things, you know? Yeah. Just like the first time you pick up a guitar and you're trying to will your fingers into the shape, these crazy shapes and you listen to a record and you're like, how the hell do they get it to sound like that? And you, yeah. even once you got the shape and you just, you go and over and over and over, um, as you yeah. were talking about sort of reprogramming, um, re doing something that you knew how to do yet all of a sudden sort of everything seems slightly different. The, the ins and outs, the joys and pains and fears all slightly misaligned to where mm -hmm. they used to be. Part of me thought, I wonder if that would be, I think that might be enjoyable to me. Right. To have, to have everything just skewed such that I've got to relearn this thing that so I already know. So it's fresh again. Yeah. 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 Is there any element of that? Or, I mean, you, I think your original response was that you had just like tons of nerves and that makes total sense too. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I see what you mean. In to, in, it's quite similar. One of the things that I took up this year out of nowhere was, was acting classes because really? I wanted to yeah. screen acting classes, uh -huh. you know, not because I had um, the, the motivation you know, any ambitions suddenly become an actor, but I wanted to feel what it was like to be a beginner again, yeah. you know, without any expectations. That's so You know, cool. when you've had such a slog at something and, you know, so many near misses or you've or some successes and failures and, and you want to feel that you, you have all this expectation, this heaviness that comes with that. So mm -hmm. just to go in and, and with not, the sense of nothing to lose that I want to learn how to do this and in a, it's still a creative thing. Yeah. Um, was very liberating again. And so I'm trying to bring that back into the music again, you know, f fall in love with it again, learn, see things um, in a new way. Um, there's part of that for sure. And, and I, I like that perspective. Okay. See this as a new start with, mm -hmm. you know, you're coming with different motives. And so therefore your, if your roots are in different, place you know the fruit might be different yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. and um so yeah no i'm gonna i'm gonna take that on board because I, I wrestle with with failure mm. you know that the, a sense of failure um and tend not to see the successes and i'm i'm a terrible perfectionist as you know nothing's perfect so that leads to certain failure to be yeah. <laughs> perfectionist well, that's a good know? that's a great point because i feel like like a high amount of confidence often, <clears throat> excuse me, often blinds you from what's actually really happening. Right. Because you're so confident that you're like, this is good. Screw anybody who says different. Mm. You know, mm. you're not, you're mm. not in a relationship with the thing that you're confident about in quite the same way. Yeah. Um, if it's, if it gets super high. Yeah. I, I guess a fine line between arrogance and confidence, yeah, but they're yeah. very different things, aren't they? And, um, and yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'd like to stepping out and being scared, being on stage and being present, um, feeling a lot more naked is really what it should be about. I think, you know, rather mm -hmm. than a false arrogance mm -hmm. or, um, a confidence because I'm drunk. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Um, so it's, it's more of a, a, a humbling place to be in. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a process. I'd be curious. It might be that what I'm, what I'm writing at the moment is, is uh, a pile of crap in other people's opinion, but, um, 
We'll see. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. I hope yeah. we see. I'd like I to hope see. So. I like. Uh, I don't know. You guys just talking about this. Is, I think it's. Yeah, uh, I'm always like I always kind of am behind the scenes, so I don't really I don't really like like you guys like really put yourselves like out there in front of people like you are, you know they're seeing exactly what you're doing, you know. Mm-hmm. That, and so I, I'm, as I'm listening to you guys talk about that, I'm just like, wow, it's like it's like I'm, I'm starting to see like I'm so much more kind of like. I kind of hide a little bit more, mm-hmm. you know, it's like even this, like, you know, doing podcasts and stuff like that. It's kind of like, I've talked about this before, but it's like, okay, I, I got to like, you're going to say something that people are going to hear, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. what are they going to think about that? Or what if I say something in the wrong way or, or someone misses the nuance of it, you know, it's like, yeah, which I, you know, like I really hate being misunderstood. Like that's one of the things that just drives me crazy, you know? So, yeah. um, but but I, I see you guys as being a lot more like you're you're on stage in front of people and it's a lot more you can't really hide <laughs> there you know it's like um, yeah yeah um if it it, it is vulnerable <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, yeah um it is it's one of the things that I love about it and I have yeah, I don't think I've ever felt quite as much myself as when I've played music in front of people and in sort of an organized manner, organized manner, a show, when, I, <laughs> when I've played a show. Um, these parts of you come out that... Go up your fly zip. <laughs> <laughs> the zipper. Yeah. Um, no, that... That's, that's true. <laughs> Parts of your soul, Mark. Oh right. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> of course. Yeah. What kind of show is this? <laughs> yeah. It's true. And uh, David said again the other week that it's never quite the same. The same. Right. I, I I spend a lot of time, um, it, too much time these days in the studio, and. Um, kind of getting everything you know this one take working on a song sometimes for months mm-hmm. and and occasionally years <clears throat> yeah um and then live is that moment where the kind of the rubber hits the road and and actually you know i i, I, I stood there for a gig and i was i was looking at you know people making noises or people who are standing there awkwardly clapping back and i think does anyone want to be here or you know this why why are any of us doing this mm-hmm. and then just somehow the what can happen on occasion that's kind of greater than the sum of its parts um where you you change the atmosphere of a room mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. or one person might you know get deeply moved by something or 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 they come up and um tell you how this song has got them through some you know tough times or stuff like that yeah. and and uh, or and and the, you get audience members who've you know um really come up and grab you like they've known you for years and you might mm-hmm. have only just met. And it's that the connection is um, incredibly humbling and makes it feel really worthwhile in that moment. Um, and sometimes, you know, no one gives, <laughs> gives a shit and walks off and that's fine yeah, too, totally. you know, but there, yeah. there, there are moments where you feel like, oh, I'm after this 
this last show it's like why am i doing this don't want to do this why does it does anyone care and then afterwards i'm like oh, i'm really glad i did that yeah. um, so yeah, sorry about my dog he keeps interrupting you. <laughs> it's quite all right <laughs> he's got something to say on it too well yeah. he's got he's gotten in the habit of, like halfway through every podcast he starts wanting attention <laughs> and so this one i thought well i'll just i'll have bones ready <laughs> but he's been through three now and i think he, i've just trained him to do this <laughs> more <laughs> inadvertently this is how i get a bone <laughs> yeah to see you back <laughs> oh, luca yeah uh, i've been to, uh, recording podcasts with my two sons actually when yeah, they come up no yeah. uh, uh-huh. so my, my oldest son uh, but it's a very similar dynamic between the oldest one and my youngest one. The youngest one is like Luca the dog. <laughs> <laughs> he, will, he will sabotage and uh, try and, you know, he's, he's very funny. But um, yeah. Levi, the, old, the oldest, who's... Uh, it's, it's basically about animal facts and things like that. He's, and That's awesome. His, um, we, we sit in a format similar to this, but mm-hmm. it's got a few more fart noises and uh, <laughs> uh, bum and willy jokes and uh-huh. things. That's so cool you're doing that. We, we've been talking about having our kids on this podcast yeah, soon. Totally. Yeah, it's, it's really great. But, um, but uh, Do you make up <laughs> dinosaurs too or something like that? Or is that a... Yeah, Levi is, um, has every episode very meticulously planned. Oh, really? Oh, wow. So uh, if Quinn doesn't quite stick to the script, no. he, he does a... Uh, he does he does lose it a little bit um so it's quite hard to manage that situation but yeah it's it's animal facts and then um uh mythological creatures and uh, okay. facts about animals that don't exist uh-huh. <laughs> so you know um it's you're, great you're gonna plug his channel so maybe get like a, a couple million views or something like that well maybe so yeah we've got to load it up here but oh, it's yeah, called lizards it. to dragons lizards to so, dragons yeah that's awesome. It's, so Quinn's kind of like cool. the, the, the comedy relief then. He's, he's the comic, yeah, relief <coughs> to, to Levi's straight man. And I'm, I'm kind of trying to, trying to, yeah, manage that. <laughs> Keep order, some kind of order. Uh-huh. So did he come up with that or was that something that you kind of Well, I'd, I'd said in passing, you know, Levi is 12, but he, he, he enjoys listening to podcasts. Uh-huh. And, you know, I said, oh, in passing, oh, well, next time you're up and saying me, I've got, a, you know, a little recording studio, we should do a podcast. Yeah. And he, he was like, yes, absolutely. The next time I saw him, he had like a whole <laughs> folder full of the episode planned out, for uh-huh. like, you know, the different things. I was like, okay, wow, you're actually doing this. I, I'd kind of done it as an offhand. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Did you, did you say how old he is? He's, the oldest is 12. 12. Yeah, he just turned 12. And he's planning the mountain. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. yeah. Is that available? Like, do you post these? I haven't yet, but I think I will. I I'd think love I to will. Hear. Yeah, we're yeah. about three episodes in. That's cool. And uh, they're, they're a riot. <laughs> We've got theme tune and everything like that, uh-huh. the music that we made. It's, That's cool. It's very similar to this. But yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> just thinking about mythological creatures. Right? <laughs> uh, Look what you've done, Luca. Do you get to see them very often, or are you kind of you know not as much as I'd like? So um, uh, we lived here in in Austin, and then uh, when Hannah and I broke up, she went uh, near where we grew up mm-hmm. in just south of London, and uh, I lived in Sheffield just because that's. Um, where I could afford and where my home was, and mm-hmm. um, 
and so the distance is is uh, something that we have to work out because it's still a couple of hundred miles between them. Um, they come up for holidays, and I see them for as many weekends yeah. as I can. Fortunately, you know, the, all the relationships are, are good, so and it's not hostile. Mm-hmm. Um, in it's not a hostile uh, situation, which says. A lot for the for the ladies' grace rather than <laughs> rather than mine, but um, uh, yeah. So we're we're working on that a little more, but yeah, uh, yeah, not as much as I'd like. Well, it's good that you guys have like a good talking relationship. With yeah, that's that's always helpful. Oh, so. You know, spend a a lot of time being a huge part of each other's lives. Mm-hmm. That's a, a very foundational relationship. Yeah together since you were 15 or whatever it was that we were yeah yeah oh y'all got together at 15 yeah we were at school yeah yeah they knew each other before that wow yeah a a long old sentence for her she she (laughs) served it well (laughs) (laughs) i was like the british humor it's very (laughs) (laughs) self-deprecating yeah what else we got yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man i don't know i mean i i think that's something that i've always i've i've really you, you said you're a perfectionist and i think that's something that you know you know as i've known you it seems like that's something that's always been really challenging you know it's like the mm. this you just have this real intensity for seeing like i, I think the the sore uh shoot i screwed up sore, be, sore before the wings like, so before the <laughs> yeah there was a little ep at, yeah yeah no the uh, uh the the Oh no, the bed, the one with the bed on it. Uh, more than animals. More than animals. Like yeah. that was an amazing, uh, I don't even call them records now, or what do you call them now? Yeah, that was an album. <laughs> an yeah. album there. A long go. play, an LP. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> no, I just remember like it having such a, like a huge varied of like everything from electronic to like, uh, uh, what was it, the Albatross song? Like this is yeah. beautiful. I don't know. Anyways, I, I thought that was really. It's very eclectic, mm-hmm. which um, makes it very difficult to market. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um and and that's a, a challenge with it but yeah thank you yeah it was um a very varied record for sure uh that crossed a lot of genres but mm-hmm. hopefully had some kind of cohesion to it yeah see that was one of those ones where i was like i didn't i like why did that not take off like that i thought that was i mean i'm not i, I don't really necessarily know how like uh your music industry type stuff, but I mean, that seemed like a really amazing record. I mean, EP or <laughs> album. <laughs> I'm trying to get the lingo down. <laughs> well, you know, I, ironically, it's kind of done, it's, it's done all right for me because it's had a couple of, a couple of the songs been on film and TV shows. Oh, yeah, that, okay, have, cool. um, yeah, yeah. that have meant that, uh, and thanks to a, a, a great publishing company terror bird media thank you <laughs> <laughs> nice um but when i when i released that record i mean i i fell apart my my whole uh life fell apart it coincided with the, the divorce the a, a move back from the us to the uk mm-hmm. um and a massive ner- uh, nervous breakdown yeah. and uh mental breakdown so i wasn't really in a fit state <laughs> To, yeah. to promote it yeah. um and i think uh you know that was a culmination of everything that was building up to that point so it was 
quite a traumatic birth, yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. that record. Um, and But, you know, it's out there in the world and and so hopefully it's it's had its moments like a mm-hmm. couple of years after um it came out yeah the the little bits that popped up in tv shows and stuff like that and the record label who i'm working with now I might re-release it on vinyl and give it another oh, cool. push out and i hope so because yeah. you know is it's a record that i'm proud of and it was it, it went down well it was critically Acclaimed, I think they call it. That's that's my thing. I think Cricket, critically acclaimed, <laughs> but commercially unsuccessful, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> and probably will be forever. And but that's um, it, it. I I was completely out of steam when I put it out, so yeah. so I didn't tour it. I think we did um, a handful of shows here in Austin. Yeah. Then I had to go and get well. Yeah. Is hmm. so that when you went? That's when you went back to the UK. Yeah. 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 So. A, a matter of months after that come out so after seven years of living in the states mm. and i was drinking very heavily i was very unhappy I was, a lot of my bad behavior was blowing up in my face mm. <laughs> from from the years before and um it was time to time to go back to the motherland <laughs> you seem very well now uh, thank you um a lot better than I was, yeah. yeah. And and part of that was um, eventually I did, you know, get into a 12-step program and um, and got sober from... Uh, it, but things got a lot worse before before mm. that happened. And that, that was a turnaround for me. Um, was, uh, there, was there a turnaround moment or...? Um, there was a series of turnaround of little turnaround moments yeah. that culminated um in in a big one i but i think you know in in the terminology of 12 step they they call it hitting bottom don't mm. they <laughs> <laughs> which always still makes me giggle <laughs> it's like a little show yeah. well i hit bottom many times <laughs> Sitting there in the different. meeting, going, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that means so, something different in, 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 yeah. in English. English. <laughs> so, um, did it feel like that though? Did you I mean? Did you hit the bottom of something? Like, did you bottom out on? It, yeah, I, I think I. It was more like banging. You know, if you if you if you find yourself falling down, a, <laughs> not banging bottoms, but if you find yourself falling down like a, a, a rocky crevice or something and you're just bouncing off all the sides yeah and then you thud and you think it's the bottom then you roll over and there's even <laughs> another one it's, you keep going and at some stage you know you're mm-hmm. like it's that there, there there was a, a series and i um of of uh basically what what had happened was i you know i eventually figured out uh, or uh, that i was an alcoholic and uh and, and an addict uh, I was wired in a certain way hmm. um, and uh, it was it was a progressive thing that you know um, obviously in the UK and lots of places in Europe it's very much in the culture it's, mm-hmm. it's a drinking culture and uh, it's a <laughs> looker <laughs> <laughs> that's right it was rough <laughs> um, 
and it's, it's probably because I'm gesticulating too much. It's getting him wound up, isn't it? <laughs> I gesticulate a lot. Yeah. He thinks that I'm summoning him. <laughs> what am I going to do with him? It's all, right. it's all yeah. good. We can, we can work with it. <laughs> oh, bless him. Um, so what was I saying? Uh, I'm probably uh, deviating. Um, hitting bottom. Hitting yeah. bottom. Yeah, and the turnaround point. I think there was cut a long story short there was a point where I just knew that I wasn't getting better on my own and that I was really rapidly declining especially after I'd moved to Austin and I was back from Austin and I was on my own for the first time and um, things had just turned really really dark and uh, I couldn't stop drinking I was I was drinking every day to oblivion till I passed out and I didn't know where I was going to wake up and I I just got to that that stage and I couldn't stop it however much I wanted to um and I felt you know absolutely hated myself um and and there were a few you know starting to get involved with you know hard drugs and stuff like that and there was like a moment where I realized I was gonna die pretty mm-hmm. soon mm-hmm. um and my hands were just completely off the wheel at that point. And I ended up coming back to Texas just to change my surroundings, mm. thinking that that might uh, help things. Um, but there's that saying, wherever you go, there you are. And, you know, there yeah. was a, the, same, the same thing. And um, it was a few people who were in, uh, who'd gone through 12-step programs and mm-hmm. were familiar with them. And um, who yeah. who put me into um, who said you know getting there getting the uh, getting that AA program yeah and uh, but uh, and and yeah there was a point of surrender basically saying my life is unmanageable I can't stop but I can't stop drinking was on that, my own. That sounds like or was that point you know you were trying to turn it around yourself and you had been realizing that you couldn't, like you said, your hands were tied. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a weird thing that, that, um, it very much seems like, well, you know, it's me picking up the drink and putting the thing in my body. But, um, once I started have, once I started a drink, having one drink, I couldn't stop. Mm-hmm. Um, it, almost almost impossible occasionally i could but i'd feel really dissatisfied um and and so there was an education that i had in that that is actually a condition mm. <laughs> where it's like a, a phenomena of craving it's a, it's a disease i always thought when mm. they say alcoholism's um a disease they were talking about it as a metaphor but i was corrected by a uh, an addiction specialist here mm. in Aus- austin who said mm. no no it's you know like diabetes or something like this you it's a progressive disease Mm. that you know so you can be quite you can drink quite manageably and functionally for years Mm -hmm. um but uh it gets you know gets to the point where you where you can't stop Mm. um and once you start you can't stop this phenomena of craving there is a mental obsession and a spiritual malady there Mm -hmm. as well so Mm. Um, and it was getting into the the program where you started to like have that conversation did yeah. that did that help reframe what you needed to do 
in yeah. your mind to get well? Yeah, it did. I, I went through a long, humiliating process of trying to prove to myself that I wasn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. You know, by holding back or, or trying to wean myself off yeah. or stuff like this. And um, then eventually, sooner or later, like, you know, springing back full bender, hurting a lot of people, mm. hurting myself and, and um, realising that uh, I I wasn't able to stop on my own and um so uh it was in a uh yeah a, a, a fellowship of of aa in rural texas and uh my my girlfriend <laughs> who uh basically said you know you need to get in there or you're not coming back mm. and dropped me at the doors of aa so i walked in and um Here in the States, what I didn't realise is they have the prison system send their prisoners here. The first one I went into was prisoners. People in orange jumpsuits. Uh I I was a skinny Englishman in a cravat in the middle of rural (laughs) Texas. I think I'm a bit lost. (laughs) Sit down. (laughs) Um, And they they kind of took me under their wing and, and probably saved my life, actually. I, you know, I said I, I needed help, um, and uh, learned about it, and uh, and uh, have stayed in that in the fellowship of AA ever since. Um, working through a twelve step program, which is where our you know our, our default program, which is to self destruct, <laughs> wired in a certain way for addiction or whatever, um, it gives you a replacement program that kind of um, involves some some work and some honest searching of yourself um, and is a slow lifelong process mm-hmm. um, that's based on day by day uh, uh, it's, it's, it's a day by day reprieve <clears throat> rather than a cure mm. you know yeah. so, um, that's um, based on kind of spiritual I love how you talk about the uh, your the people that are surrounding you in there it's mm-hmm. like you know it sounds like it you know, it's kind of like a, you know, big old Texas guys and you're the British. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a bit like that. <laughs> oh, Mark Stoney. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I got to the point where I was, got pretty unlovable. It mm-hmm. was a, a pretty, it was a pretty volatile mess at the end. And um, it took other people who'd been through that and could, had a bit of compassion. Yeah. Um, I didn't have any for myself. Mm. Uh, and, uh, and people who believed that you know something could be done, yeah. um, so I, I'm very, very grateful for. I mean, there's a lot more to it than what I just said in a kind of yeah mumbled way. So mm-hmm. I guess this <laughs> Saint Arnold's. Yeah, there's a now that you're filming this, yeah. there, there is what looks like a beer bottle in front of me, but I assure you it's, it's root, root beer. beer. <laughs> exactly. I didn't even know what kind of sodas I liked after uh-huh. I became sober, so I just went anything that had beer or yeah. ale in it and, uh, uh-huh. that's, awesome. that's been a relearning well i have to say i mean you know once you started going through aa and stuff is you know like i it, it was it was cool to see you kind of come back to yourself you know yeah and uh just the peace i felt like kind of kept returning because i think mm. you know uh, just it seemed like that was that 
that weight was getting heavier and heavier on you and, yeah. and to kind of see you kind of come out of that like a lot, lot more lighter you know even seeing you today it's just really cool to thanks man yeah and that is that was one of the benefits of the program is that you have to do like a big house cleaning and and the serenity and peace does you know return with this um and that becomes the default Mm -hmm. but you know i I made a lot of wreckage Mm -hmm. (laughs) that i felt very troubled about that but you know my my own mother said you know it's like the the real you is starting to emerge again yeah you know so that's encouraging to hear that too. Yeah. I could still be a total asshole. <laughs> but that's just normal asshole though. But, you know? I, but I haven't got the excuse of saying, sorry, mate, I was so drunk. Yeah. <laughs> it's the root beer talking, it's I don't the know. Root beer talking, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's a work in progress and I, I still go to those those things mm-hmm. and um, still learning and growing in that sense. And now that, you know, the booze is out of the way, there's other areas of, of life that are underneath yeah. that you know, you know that, relationships yeah it's does that reveal different. things about the other parts of your life yeah i think it i think it does i think there's a lot where i had kind of arrested development from when i started yeah. drinking you know so yeah. um but you know any i think lots of areas that you know where uh self-centeredness or or um or agitation, the things that kind of that some of the characteristics that make up an alcoholic go into other areas of your life too, you mm-hmm. know. So, um, yeah, but one thing at a time. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, but I do find that program useful in in other areas. Yeah. Well, it does seem like there's also that part too, as you as as we get older too. It's like mm. you know you can't really you you can't hide from some of the things that you're able to get by with as a, as a younger person, you know, yeah. it's like you're, you're busy with all these things, but by the time you're getting into your thirties and forties, yeah, you know, it's like things are starting to kind of stare you in the face, you know, yeah. it's like, and I think that's something that, um, I, I don't know. It's like now where I am right now, I, I, I know there's things I don't see. And so part of that is like, that's like, I want to know what those things are. And also mm-hmm. I don't want to ask that question either. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I find myself at odds in that space too. It's like, I've seen things that have changed in my life, but then also it's like, and I want to change the things I don't know. Or I can't see, but there's still that, that part of me that's like, I don't know if I can do that. You know, <laughs> if that makes sense. I don't know if that. Yeah. That too, uh, Is it like you get, you get, uh, you get your life together enough sort of necessarily by the time you're maybe in your thirties or something, you can pretty much make sure things are operating enough to get you through the next day. Mm -hmm. And it's tempting to just sort of be like, that's enough. I don't want to keep like looking into stuff that's only going to cause trouble. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But it just seems like that's just, it's just wrong. You know, it's like, I think that's the part that, that I feel like I come into is just sort of, I do know that, uh, I need to keep growing. I need to kind of not be afraid to look into that, those spaces that, you know, I don't want to look into, you know, mm. and also to know that I don't want to look into, there's certain places I don't want to look into. It's almost like a willingly, a willing blindness, you know? Mm. And, uh, I'm, I'm speaking very abstractly because it's more of something that, you know, I, this would take a long time, but you know, I, I hit rock bottom when I was 19. So that was my, like, 
I've told both of you guys the story and maybe one time on the podcast, I'll talk about it. But, uh, you know, I lost everything at that point, you know? And, uh, so it's, you know, so that was kind of like, I kind of was like a rebuilding, but then even then now at 40, you know, it's like having seen, having gone through that, then it's like that just to know that there's more kind of a deeper spaces that I can go to now. So, yeah, but uh, I think w- one of the things that a lot of these 12 step things, they, they say, the, the idea is that you surrender these things to something that isn't you, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> a higher power, as they call it. So God, yeah. as you understand him. Mm-hmm. So see for a lot of people in Texas, that's Jesus or whatever. <laughs> but for other people, it's like the group It's basically saying, you know, this self-reliance mm-hmm. for me doesn't get me anywhere because mm-hmm. when I'm running the show, I really mess things up. I get agitated. I don't have a sense of peace. So, mm-hmm. So doing it's simplifying things to the point to wake up and meditate, yeah, get that spiritual connection with whatever your higher power is, and do the next right thing. Mm-hmm. So the the idea being that you you surrender this. I've got to change this about myself. I've got to change this about myself. You know, these are my character defects mm-hmm. that are still blaring, and um, you know, that that you. The, the, you you basically surrender them so that they're kind of taken away in the order that your higher power seems sees fit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh-huh, so yeah. it's quite, quite a let off the hook in that way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Some well, people you, will have a difficulty with that spiritual concept of, yeah. you know, that's yeah, kind of what I was wondering. Were you religious ever growing up? I, my dad was a pastor of a church. Oh, wow. Um, so yeah, I was brought up, um, he wasn't from, he, he became pastor of a church when I was mm. about nine, but switched from being a, a computer programmer hmm. to doing that. So it's a bit of a, a lifestyle change. Um, and so I think it's pretty notorious globally that pastor's kids <laughs> are, the, are the, like the most rebellious. <laughs> go off the rails, <laughs> the preacher's kids. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was no exception to that. But um, so, yeah, there was a lot of that uh, religion there that actually I had to, undo <laughs> you know yeah um i think there's a lot right with uh religion and, and a lot that isn't but you know is, try it, and look for... is there any ever any conflicts between people's religious point of views and the the sort of views that are espoused during aa like that are sort of that sound very spiritual yeah well a, a lot of it is actually based on I think it can be a block for perhaps, um, yeah, there, there can be. Um, I, I think there's a real loose God as you understand him. Um, so I guess if you're a hardline tunnel visioned, you know, this is the only way, then, mm-hmm. you know, I guess they, that, that might be a problem. But, um, or like what does an atheist do? There is a chapter in the A book called Atheists and Agnostics. Hmm, so basically, cool. it's that same concept of you can't do this by yourself, can you? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. Uh, so can you surrender it to something mm-hmm. that isn't you? Because that's your only way of surviving. Yeah. So I can understand that particularly those who've had a hard time with religious mm-hmm. stuff, and I, I've, I've got a lot of issues with it, mm-hmm. um, and where it's 
keeps people in control and shame and think some of the negative things and yeah. things they do right as well. But that was some of the shadows of it for me. Yeah. Um, that you'd have to behave in a certain way and you weren't really being honest at all in those situations. Um, that uh, you could... Uh, I lost my train of thought there on a, on a religious rant, but... <laughs> <laughs> agnostic, um, atheist. Agnostic and atheist, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to, to basically be open-minded that there's something... Mm-hmm. You know, um, you don't have to name it uh, anything. Um, so I've, so there are atheists and agnostics in the program. And there's a chapter in that, the big book, which is like the Alcoholics Anonymous Bible that is mm-hmm. specifically for agnostics. And I think it's called mm-hmm. For Agnostics. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it, it tackles that. So, yeah. um, And I, I would probably, you know, I, the more I know less about... Uh, a God than I think I did, than I thought I did when I got into that program. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the, the, the less I understand, but there's certainly, for me, there's been a spiritual transformation because there wasn't, it was something that I certainly couldn't do by myself. And there was like a real psychic change and a rewiring the spiritual change mm-hmm. that it's felt like a, a rebirth of yeah. sorts. You used the word earlier, surrender. Mm-hmm. That's what it really sounds like when you yeah. say that. Yeah. And that, and, that is the key of it really is is realizing that you know your life's unmanageable or is are, are we allowed to swear on this oh, yeah. podcast right yeah. yeah you know <laughs> are you i think um there's that fellow russell brand who's who's, uh-huh. who's around he's kind of rephrasing some of it is like are you a little bit fucked <laughs> can you unfuck yourself yeah. <laughs> you know? do you believe that something other than you might be able to help you get unfucked you know it's, it's, it's yeah. like that concept basically which is uh-huh. surrender yeah um he talks about his experience hitting yeah. bottom and it like he's so eloquent and well-spoken he is, while yeah. cursing a lot <laughs> yeah but i i love the way that he talks about it yeah, yeah. i i i got a uh, really relate to a lot of his his journey on a, on a small scale and the kind of restlessness and it's really good to have people who are honest about yeah. you know that and where where we feel we um feel incomplete the the addictive nature that some of us have of like needing affirmation from you know people or needing fame or needing to change the way we feel rather than being able to sit with the way that we feel mm-hmm. um and surrender the way that we feel without annihilating ourselves and, and yeah. some people are kind of a bit wired to to and i'm one of them yeah <laughs> and yeah. still am unless i yeah. you know kind of surrender it on a daily basis yeah so um, that's going to sound like a lot of gobbledygook and hogwash to a lot of people but it's been true of me for sure it sounds um fulfilling <laughs> yeah well it it's so i i don't know my mum had said to me quite quite recently that there was a point towards you know actually not long after that record had come out or and i hadn't been back to the uk and they they thought the next time that we the family was all going to be together was at my funeral they actually thought mm. that i didn't realize that but mm. um and uh so that's in, encouraging to hear that there's been a bit of a um, a turnaround in just the way the way that I I am day to day is my my default is 
now a lot more peaceful. Dude, yeah. Um, That's so cool. And yeah, and you've seen me, yeah. Michael, in some of the darker spaces. And, yeah. and, um, and thanks for being a good friend in those <laughs> times, yeah. by the way. But yeah, yeah it was... Uh, uh, things got dark for a while and you know, yeah. made a lot of mess. Yeah, but you're really beautiful now, which is cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm serious, dude. I, I got quite bloated, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't good. And I mean, I still sweat a lot, but yeah. back then uh-huh. it was like, I, I yeah. look back at videos of just sweating and trembling like this, yeah. you know, the whole time. So, yeah. so physically you do start to get better as well, which yeah. is nice. Yeah, I kind of wanted to ask, like, what aspects of your health did you notice change through that? Well, there's... um. Yeah, I got really sluggish, shaky, fat teeth had been, you know, really in disarray. Um, still are, you know, keep up the British stereotype. Um, but I think looking back and looking back at photos for my sobriety, like a certain deadness in the eyes that actually <laughs> I can be standard. <laughs> yeah, no, you still got that. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and there was a dentist then that has gone away now, that has come back to life. Something else has come back. Yeah, I <laughs> hope so. But, you know, that's uh-huh. maybe yeah. only I'd see that. But yeah. there was a, yeah, physically you feel, feel a lot better. Um, and just you sleep better <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know when yeah. you're not in a bush by the side of the road <laughs> or yeah. um and and there's a there's less fear and terror around you know literally moments where you have your eyes closed and you come round in the morning think am i where i think i am mm-hmm. did i make it home before you're too scared to open your eyes mm. you know and uh and so not having that anymore is a, is a big weight off. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, wow. the, the physical transformation is, is a good one. It's, it's good. The spiritual one is a longer road. But, mm. uh, How long has it been for you? Uh, three and th- it was April 2015, my last Um And so three and over three and a half years. And I, I hadn't gone a day before that. For probably 20, 20 years. Wow. And, and yeah, it was getting worse and worse and worse. So it was, it was quite a transformation, quite trippy. And uh, people who, you know, really helped me through that. And I, I did have to detox and go through some medication so I didn't have seizures and stuff like that. But, um, uh, yeah one day at a time but I, you know i'm always aware that i could you know slip up i still have that propensity yeah and i still think about it but not very often yeah it's it's not an obsession like it was where i'd be here thinking okay has he got enough beer in the fridge mm-hmm. what times does the thing close and you know yeah what, you know i don't have that kind of obsession that i used to have when i was talking to you yeah <laughs> <laughs> michael always had quite a few beers <laughs> it was all right <laughs> I always brought my six pack and I'm Dark fine Night. being around it as well that's the uh, thing that surprises me you know yeah. I still like going to pubs and yeah you know that's not a problem for you yeah think, really. it is for some people right yeah I think it but not not for me you know not at all it would be it would be ridiculous I'm a musician in bars the whole time yeah, you exactly, know yeah. 
Um, and it's fun. I get to watch everyone else get drunk. <laughs> then take advantage of them. <laughs> I don't do that. I do a lot of dri- designated driving. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. So, yeah. I noticed actually you guys drinking water in La Croix. I'm like, come on. Oh, no. we, we, we You're thing. not doing that for me. I no, hope. no, no. no. We, we always say we don't we don't drink before or before or during the podcast, so we can right. actually be try to be present. I guess the thing is, well, you know, I think it could have gone either way. Yeah. We did make that decision on day one. We we're just like, well, let's just not yeah. drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We might have like a special like whiskey thing, <laughs> a whiskey episode. Yeah, whiskey episode tasting. Yeah. Well, it's it's a social thing, and particularly mm-hmm. here, and you know, we I'm sure you guys and. A lot of that deep talking stuff yeah, comes when you totally. had a bit of social lubrication. Totally. You know? yeah, well, exactly. I think the podcast, it I was. I love you, man. Yeah. <laughs> You're the greatest. I, I think drinking can open up that like philosophical part of my brain sometimes. But yeah. there's yeah. also like this doing a podcast is so new for us. And I feel like right. my brain has to function somewhat differently. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I don't, I, I don't, I think that lubrication may not be what I need yeah. right now. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm not endorsing Maybe like, it. Oh, you're, not endorsing yeah. it. you're like, why aren't you guys getting drunk? I said I'm fine with it. But yeah. yeah. Sometimes I do get, a, a, you know, annoyed if people don't drink. Oh, yeah, totally. I go with like my dad account. to a pub and it's like, we're in a pub. You've got uh-huh. a designated driver. Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. Like, well, I didn't know if you'd mind. Uh-huh. It's like, no, get yourself a... It was on my birthday or something. He's like, oh, okay, then I'll, I'll get a pint, get yourself a pint. And then he orders a shot of whiskey. And I'm like, now you're taking the piss. <laughs> <laughs> my favourite scotch. Exactly. It's like, well, you can't. You know? <laughs> awesome. So, no, I, I do... I, I, I don't... Certainly don't feel uncomfortable when other people are around. But I used to feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. if... Um, I was drinking and someone else wasn't. Yeah. And uh, I almost, I, I wouldn't trust them. <laughs> you know, yeah. I really didn't uh-huh. like people who didn't drink That's around awesome. me yeah, yeah. as well, you uh-huh. know, when I was. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm, I'm really sensitive to that, that uh-huh. I'm now that arsehole. Oh, no. <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. What didn't you <laughs> trust in them? Like, like. Well, it's almost like, I, I realised that if I was, well, it holds up, a, it was holding up a mirror to me probably, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not, you know, I'm sorry, you're better than me, do you? No drinking, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty self-aware of you to see. Well, I remember when you first we when you had uh, first stopped drinking, and and then you came over to throw darts at the house, and I was like, I was like, well, I don't, I don't have to. You're like, no, get something to drink. Yeah. <laughs> like, <"All> right. <laughs> that's because he wanted to beat you. I know that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's Mark playing got, you. Mark got better at darts as he was drinking. I got, I got worse. So <laughs> yeah, He's trying to even us out. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Anyways, well, dude, man, I'm, I think I'm just really thankful for all that you've shared. That's really thanks. I don't and, feel I was yeah. very coherent all the time. Oh, dude, do you edit it or do you just let it we go? We don't. No, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. well, it's just better. I mean, even like, I mean, I think that's part of it. It's just a conversation, and you know, we're not always like eloquent and that kind of no, stuff. So. Yeah. But I was following you. <laughs> yeah. Same. Good. Yeah. I'm glad you're here. Well, I'm I'm glad I'm here too. Glad you're alive um, too. Yeah, yeah, it's been yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> totally. Yeah, that's what I meant. No. Yeah, here. <laughs> yeah. Literally, figuratively, and metaphorically. No, seriously. I just I mean, knowing you for a short little while. Um, yeah. Like I'm glad that you've come through what you've come through, and you're here now. You're healthy. You're talking about this stuff. Yeah. Sharing yeah. your experience, sharing your journey. It's enriching me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm thankful for it. Thankful oh, for cool. you. Well, thank you. Yeah. Especially investing also in kind of the next 
generation of artists too you know with uh courtney and i think you've done a couple other things too yeah yeah i think i think that it gets to a point like you're saying with age as well Mm -hmm. where you're like there becomes a point where you start maybe turning and wanting to invest in the the next and um as instead of just trying to forge your own path i guess that might be a natural part of our evolution as we edge towards the grave (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, dude. I think you. I think you got some more stuff in you. So uh, we'll see. Yeah, I, I, I find this old dog. <laughs> I know. I know you do, man. Yeah. You got. You got a lot of stuff stirring in there. So uh, at least I, I so. want to see it. I'm more selfish in that way. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks very much for uh, having me. Yeah. Thanks for coming it's out. Been an honor. Yeah. So uh, Mark Stoney will uh, put links to his music and stuff. Go buy yeah, a lot of sure. it. It's awesome. So. Uh, yeah so this is Shores of Ignorance with uh, Michael Vakalov and I'm Matt McCloskey yeah thanks for coming out guys thanks for listening see you next time bye